0: Welcome to the Commercial Property Investor Show. If you ever wanted to get into commercial property but don't know how to, this is the show for you. We're going to take you through live market updates, how to put a deal together, what the experts say about commercial property and real life investor journeys and how they became financially free through commercial property. Sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Commercial property zoning. Sometimes there are pitfalls in commercial property zoning because you simply don't know the type of zoning you need for the tenant so for example you have a warehouse property but then you had a tenant that come in and it fitted it out as 50% office space and 50% uh, warehouse then what happens there is that you've got a non-compliant premise and that you may need to apply for the council for change of use but maybe the tenant is also using the premise but they're not compliant. So for example if they're an education institute and they're just in an office space they actually need particular type of zoning and compliance to be able to do what they do. So listen to this podcast and let me share with you the different types of zoning and the kind of businesses that work in those zonings and the type of tenants you can have in those zonings and what kind of things you could do to potentially uplift your property through different commercial property zonings. Here with Helen Tarrant and today we're going to be talking about commercial property zoning, right? The exciting world of zoning, right? Well, for most of you, you probably don't really want to know about zoning, but it is important in commercial property, especially when you know want to know what you can do, what you can't do, but mostly how that relates to your tenants, right? Because what can you do in a residential property uh, or, or residential zoned commercial, right? So a lot of the, the houses that are converted to commercial, Usually close to a commercial center, and then while they zoned residential, they're most likely going to be high density residential or at least medium density residential for them to be allowed to convert to a commercial space. Usually low density residential is very hard to convert to a commercial. So it's usually your medium and most of the time is high density commercial that gets that high density residential, they get converted to commercial. So if you're in a residential zone, you can still have a commercial property what you can do with that commercial property is you can put medical allied health dentist so anything around there and you can definitely look at putting child care in there or converted to child care so those are the things that actually look are, are, are perfect for uh, your residential with commercial a lot of times you also have what they might call um, a neighborhood center or neighborhood uh, area or a neighborhood zoned and that is a a commercial zoning for a neighborhood strip of shops, which allows mostly for retail and sometimes office space, but definitely not for warehousing type of, of tenants. And because you know, people don't want warehouses in areas like that, so most likely those things are usually attached behind a childcare or, or near other areas where you have your high density residential, or you might be in a total suburbia and you have a strip of shops, right? So that's a core neighborhood, and neighborhood usually allows for retail, so that might be supermarkets that may be definitely your cafes your bakeries maybe even hairdressers and, and beauty um your all your restaurants and and uh maybe even a pharmacist at uh, Um, sometimes a GP, but most of the time it's to do with retail, right? So that's the type of tenant you can have in there. So your butchers and and things like that. So that's your specialty delis. So that's your neighborhood zoning. You see that quite a lot and you see that especially around the regional areas, where there's a lot of neighborhood zoning as well. And you often sometimes get neighborhood zoning where you have partly commercial at the front and residential at the back, because that used to be where you have your milk bars, right? You have your milk bars where all your convenience stores, where you have people operating from the Front and they actually live at the back as well. So that's your, your other commercial zoning. The other ones that come through this, I mean, that are taken for granted is you know, you've got um, business centres and commercial centres, or uh, which is zoned for the commercial hub. of of a city so those things are given right you know you can do high-rise commercials of three four five or ten stories Uh, you can do mixtures like surface paradise when they have no height restriction you can do commercial with residential above and also in areas where you already are seeing you seeing uh, a retail and office space you don't even really need to check the zone it is what it is right But what's interesting is the zoning for industrial. Zoning for industrial is actually quite important because zoning for industrial depends on allows you to do light industrial, medium industrial, or heavy industry, right? And there are actually three very different types of of zoning that allows for the different type of tenants. So your light industrial typically is your tilt slab warehouses, small warehouses in a hub or in a business park, those small business warehouses. So they're 200 to 400 square metres, usually with a mezzanine floor, allowable for an office space where people come and pick up goods as well. Plenty of parking is needed because you've got visitors, you've got people coming in and out, and you've got turning bays and and areas for people to do trucks and deliveries. But they're typically what we call small business operations. In there, you'll be able to say that these light industrials will allow for martial arts schools, it will ask for dance schools, you can put community halls in there and gatherings in there, you could do allied health, or you could do allied health like equipment distributions out of there. Sometimes, and most of the time, where you're looking at uh, commercial kitchens people are doing a prepping food and doing distributions that is in your light industrial zones so a lot of these things are your trade kind of tenants and that you can do business to consumer not all the time to operate the a retail store but for people to do pickup uh and you might find you know the areas where they have some sort of like real pop-up sort of they can have a discount store where people come there they really are manufacturer, but you can pick up you know or you can quickly buy an outfit or something and you know kids clothes baby goods um things that they would distribute online they could you know you can also go there and pick it up so that's those type of warehouse and they hold their value really well and is the most popular type of uh, investment at the moment and but that is usually your zoning now to be a warehouse zoning or zone industrial there is criterias as how much office space or how much um, working space versus how much warehouse space and typically that's anywhere from uh, 2080 is the split uh going up to maybe 40 60 is the split depending on how much parking you you have uh depending on what's what's in the light industrial parks uh and depending on you know how close you are to a center as well But typically when it's 80-20, you've got 80% warehouses, which means you've got the clearance for the warehouse. You usually have one or two roller doors. You've got a little office or maybe you go up the stairs to a mezzanine office and you still have clearance. It's mostly warehouse. Now, this is where you run into trouble where most people go, well, I'm a business that operates out of there. I'm B2C as well as B2B. Uh, I do distributions, but I need a hell of a lot more operational space for my staff members, and I also maybe need a meeting room. So they tend to convert that. So downstairs, they make it into a meeting room. Upstairs, they make it more. Now, they've made it into more a 40-60 or 50-50, which then makes it non-compliant, and then you've got a change of use. So what happens with a change of use is that, you have to apply to the council or your local authorities depending on where you are located in which state but the local council to apply for a change of use because you're no longer a a warehouse or industrial you're now more maybe a retail now you're more office space driven so you have to really get an approval to have your business in there right there's allowable businesses and there's businesses that are not allowable and and sometimes that requires you to an extra contribution to the council because now that's changed sometimes things are not allowed because it's just not enough parking spaces or sometimes it's the the it's not you just operate you have tenants who operate from there without council approval or you as an owner occupier may operate out of there without council approval but The thing is, the moment the tenant moves out, it becomes compliant because all the structure is gone. The moment you move out of your business, it becomes not not compliant again. So it's really tenant specific and it's really up to the tenant to get that approval. If it's not and they come and the council comes and gets shut down, it's really their issue, not yours. You just got to make sure that's clear, but it's worth monitoring as well. So that's light industrial. Then we have medium industrial. So medium industrial is freestanding industrial property, usually on one or two thousand square meters of land. And you have a you have probably somewhere around 50-60% site coverage, which is site coverage quite a lot, uh, where you are gonna have mostly a warehouse, large format warehousing, and you're gonna have parking around the area. Most places probably already concreted, so you've got the hard stand there. And it's mainly for people who are in freight, uh, people who are like, you know, your your manufacturing type of tenants, so joineries, uh, maybe they're sort of excavators. so they've they've got their parking, their their, their trucks, vans there. Um, Potentially, they might be doing some kind of manufacturing uh, or they might be sort of the stories and giant warehouses for things like a pet barn uh, or... Or another one of those, um, logistics that sort are of online source where they're sort of much larger and they're doing things on site as well. So a lot of that's around the bathroom, trade, um, building kind of, uh, welding, uh, kind of tenancy that you have. They tend to be really long term tenants. Some of them will have hoists, some of them wear spray booths, some of them will really be really entrenched in the business. And once there, it, it's there, it's going to be rough and dirty, the property, but they're going to be there for the long term as well. So that is really, where you are going to that's where your medium impact industrial is now most people get medium impact industrial or medium industrial you can divide that into two a larger warehouse into two you just got to make sure they don't conflict each other as they come around so the best is one goes one side the other one goes the other side and there's a way of getting out whichever way you are that is the best way Um, and of course there is of the, the the idea of sort of how much density you have in there because medium impact is actually the type of tenant in there. So, you know, your trucks and things coming through and how much impact they have on the land uh, over, you know, and if you get more tenants, it becomes uh, the, the, the density of it becomes more, it goes the other way, it becomes sort of more light industrial because the, these tenants are not manufacturing tenants anymore. So that may or may not affect the use but mainly it's a logistic point of view as well. So you don't want, I've seen medium impact when one tenant is actually blocking the driver of another tenant because they do repairs and the other tenant is also a repair tenant maybe for aircon. While the other one does it for trucks or caravans and they end up blocking each other's way and they end up being in a kerfuffle, right? So that doesn't work. And then finally, we talk about heavy industry. So heavy industry is your large, large land. So we're talking minimum five, uh, 5,000 square meters to possibly 7,000 square meters to 10,000 square meters and beyond. A lot of times if you're doing something like for toll it will have n- almost no building on it. It will just be um, a hard stand where they can put their shipping containers on there and they've got really large semi-trailers coming through. If it's sort of, you know, a lot of the dairy farmers uh, when they do the freights and and cold storages are in the heavy industry because there's a lot of transportation. Um, you know, things like uh, when they're doing uh, builds, like, like if they have construction, industrial infrastructure builds, they're often in heavy industry and some training organizations where they're teaching people to drive trucks and stuff are in heavy industry so your large format industrial has a lot of land very little building occupation is probably somewhere around 20 to 30 percent of building but mostly 70 80 percent of land is the land they actually need and that's the value right so that the value is actually in the land Less than that, so but heavy industry allows you to do a lot more. You can, you know, definitely open up, and heavy industry or uh, gives you the option that in the future, as the area gentrifies, I'm getting fancier. As the area gentrifies, you would find that there's ability to be able to really change that into medium impact and then to light impact and the values seem to uplift that through a development of putting other parts of warehouses in there or restructuring that the layout where you've got other sheds and warehouses and you can you know you can put different types of tenant in there so so that's the benefit of it but as it is you'll find that you know you get a lot of land you know for the same million dollars you might be buying a you know in the city You're buying fringe of any city or fringe of any regional area but you're getting a lot more land uh, and the tenant is obviously using its very functional space as well. So that's really your kind of zoning, explain. I mean, there's various ways of different zoning and different states term differently, different things. Uh, one of the things to watch out for, you know, is things where you've got heritage or over a heritage overlay. So you've got heritage, which is, you know, registered for heritage or heritage interested, uh, which is the local council's deem of, of heritage. And if it's got that heritage, sometimes it's really hard if you have to keep that facade, especially in regional as well. So these are the things to look at. Um, I normally wouldn't touch heritage because it's harder even with a, um, a council interest, depending on what kind of specifications, you can make it harder to maintain in the future as well. But without all that in mind, there's many varying forms. It depends on what you plan to do and the type of tenant you want in that property and what you could come bring to the table with an uplift in the future of, of the property or the area. If the area looks like it's gentrifying from from heavy industry to light. So you're going to get an uplift in the value of the land. If it's looking like it's going from medium to uh, to light, it means that you'll get the uplift by building something on it as well. So no matter what it is, when you're looking at zoning, it's a long-term play. It's maybe a seven to 10-year play to what you would do with the property in the future. Right? Some properties, it is as it is. Some properties has the the ability to build and develop. So you've got to look at your long-term strategy and work out exactly what you're looking to achieve, right? And with that in mind, if you've got a property and you're not sure and you're not sure if you want to develop, you're not sure what you want to do, reach out to us. HelenTarrant.com, Unicorn Commercial Property. In the meantime, more information, strategies around commercial property, get the book. The link is below. Let me know what else you want to learn, want, want to know. Bye for now. So there you go, different types of commercial zonings. But remember, there's also subzonings for a lot of things in terms of when you do resi commercial or when you're trying to do a development or a build in the commercial property space. Zonings vary from state to state and sometimes councils can put an overlay into different areas of zoning, especially when it comes to heritage. And it may be special areas where it's zoned like high street or main shops or something like that. That is different and unusual because in different states, the different zoning laws and different Times where businesses are in different areas have evolved over time. So you'll see industrial areas be rezoned, you'll see uh, your residential areas be rezoned, all these things will happen over, you know, five, 10 uh, or twenty years' time. So when you get into commercial property, go in there with an open mind. Look at what kind of tenants your property can attract in the future, should this current tenant leave, and really then be for the ride to get that positive cash flow because if you can change the use you can add different types of tenants in there you can now all of a sudden uplift the rate per square meter and the rent on that property so if you want to find out more reach out to us helentarrant.com unicorn commercial property and let us help you build a cash flow portfolio through commercial property